Welcome, welcome, welcome. Day 10 of Bullmas. And it's the big one. As you can obviously tell, Washington taking on Texas in the national semifinal for the 2024 college football playoff. Or is it 2023? Already fucked up the intro, but it's all good because it's still the biggest game probably of the slate. <clears throat> so without further ado, I just want to jump right into it. Obviously, you know, Brian and I have our Washington Husky futures that are out there. And we're not shying away from that. But we have, a, we have uh, you know, a podcast down in Texas, the Sports Roundtable Trio, who was nice enough to join us to have a little back and forth. And obviously from Texas, you guys know who their squad is. So I will just hand it over to you guys. Welcome aboard. Welcome on. Appreciate you guys taking the time out of your busy schedules for being here. And I can't wait to talk about this game. Hey, man, appreciate y'all having us on. We are pumped to talk about this game. You know, as Texas fans, our whole life, this is something we've been waiting for since the heartbreak in 2009. And then for me, our big boy remembers even a little bit more of the 2005 National Championship. So I'm Cade from the Sports Roundtable Trio Edition. We got big boy here, my co-host, and Coop, my co-host as well. But man, like we said, we're mass and Texas fans just north of Boston here. Longhorn bread, burn orange, baby. Uh, yeah, so we have watched your guys' stuff, obviously, all season long. You've been clamoring for the national media to pay more attention to your Longhorns. And they finally did in that last selection show. They snuck, I guess they snuck in. They got the three, but they kind of needed to sneak in. So we were sitting there hoping our Washington Huskies would play FSU in that first round. That's not to say we're not confident with this game coming up against Texas. But I kind of want to hear your reactions or your thoughts going into that selection show. And if you were confident or if you were a little nervous, kind of just what it was like for you. Uh, for, for us, uh, we yeah, we were a little nervous. But at the same time, I didn't think they wouldn't let an SEC team in there. And with us beating Alabama earlier in the year, I thought they had to let us in, you know, after that happened. I, I personally think if Georgia would have won, I don't think they'd have been in there and FSU would have been in there. And and I do think FSC, FSU, they should have been in. I think they got hosed. Once, uh, you know, Alabama won, I was like, okay, I think we really have a shot to get in this thing. Yeah, that Texas win really just screwed up, screwed up everything, the Texas win over Alabama. Because, I mean, you could even argue UGA, even though they lost their SEC title game, got snubbed. Yeah. I think they were one of the best four teams. So if you're going to do that, then then I don't know. But and the way that uh, Texas, you know, won the Big 12, that was a big statement, you know. Yeah. They, they smoked OSU, so that was that was big after they did that. And that's what they needed to do, right? I mean, they yeah. needed to kind of go out in a big way. You know, they kind of left it to like, look, we did everything we had to do to prove ourselves. I think they really left it out all on the, all, all the table, and that's kind of why we saw them get in. You can say sneak in. You can talk about Florida State. There's obviously so much more drama behind it. But, you know, uh, our other guy, Jack, who does this with us, he's a big FSU guy. <clears throat> he hates when I say it, but I think these are the matchups that, that it should be. I mean, Michigan, Alabama on one side, Texas, Washington on the other. That's just the way I see the final four laying out. Before I jump into the next question, though, I just want to see your guys' take. Do you think the committee got it right with the top four? Obviously, you're going to be a bit biased on Texas, but do you think that final four, because there were some other snubs out there, and kind of like Brian was was alluding to, did, did they get it right? Did they do the right thing? Or uh, should, should they maybe have, have done something different? 
Listen, at the end of the day, you got to think, no one wants to admit it, but the college football playoff, it's a business. It's who's going to sell the most tickets. Sorry, Florida State without a, without a quarterback, with no offense, really. Yeah, their de- defense is going to win championships, but no one wants to see that. Like, there's not, they're just not going to sell tickets. So at the bottom line is they pick the best four teams that they think are going to go put points up, that they think are going to go put butts in seats, and that's it at the end of the day. So, Yeah, I never, I never really even, like, thought of it to that extent of selling tickets uh, and putting seats in butts. But, yeah, I mean, it's definitely the, the, the most electric offenses on that side of the bracket. I think it'll probably trend towards a more defensive battle with Alabama and Michigan. But obviously the headline with Saban and Harbaugh is enough in itself to fill the seats, sell the seats, and get eyeballs on the game, right? Like Texas and Washington, I'm going to have my eyeball on that. If Florida State was in there, I can't Mm -hmm. say I'd be as committed or as locked in, you know, regardless of I get they they have the hardcore fan base and that's great. But I just don't think I'd be as locked in as I am going to be, you know, obviously Washington for, for that, those reasons. And, and Texas is an electric football team. I mean, there's nothing to take away from that. They are electric and definitely deserving of being in this spot. So it's it's props to them. Congrats to them. And, uh, yeah, happy you guys are, are able to uh, kind of experience this because I know it's been a little bit of a rough ride for Longhorn country over the past decade or so, or, or I guess what, since 09 or, or, that, or uh, back since Vince Young, really. I do want to jump in kind of real quick. You know, obviously Texas will be joining the SEC next year. Brian is an alumni or an alumnus, however you want to say it, of Auburn. So maybe in the future, we'll have a little back and forth there. But yeah, I just kind of want to hear your thoughts, I guess, on that. Are you guys excited to be in the SEC? And then maybe just address the Texas A&M cult as that will really come to life now uh, with all parties being in the SEC. No doubt. I mean, obviously, being in SECs, I mean, that's the power conference of them all whenever it comes to not only football, but it's going to help in recruiting, obviously. You see all these kids, they want to play in the SEC, right? So with Texas and obviously OU kind of following Texas, little cousin pair, you could say, both going to the SEC. It's massive. Finally getting to renew the A&M game, hopefully on Thanksgiving this year. I know that it's on Saturday right now, but they're saying it's going to be a flex game. So it could possibly still be moved to Thanksgiving. So that's massive. But Having that game back, just so you can say that you, as a UT fan, UT itself, that you own Texas by, if you go and beat A&M, it's awesome. And that Colt's terrible. Everyone hates A&M unless you go to A&M. So. <laughs> Don't let me get started on that Colt. We we can't stand that Colt. But hey, it's all right. The big brother is going to go take care of the little brother. Okay. It's time to get that rivalry back going. Keep in mind, Texas owns the rivalry 76 to 37. So just going to throw that shot out there. And on AM's part, they don't even have girl cheerleaders at the end of the day. So, I mean, who, Dude, who really are they? So Watching the videos of those cheerleaders or whatever you want to call them, without the music, it's scary. Like, it's, it's legitimately so weird. like nightmare fuel. Yeah, but Texas A&M's in shambles. I, I think you guys will be okay for those first couple of years. I, I know they beat Auburn. This year, that was a tough game. But, yeah, Jimbo's gone. I, th- I think you guys are okay. And I, I grew up, you know, being able to watch the Thanksgiving game and A&M. And, like, me growing up, I, I, I always looked at A&M even more than a rival than OU. Just, I guess, because I had family members that were o- 
we're uh, Aggie fans. So it's it's going to be awesome getting that back. But I, I definitely believe us hitting the SEC with the momentum we have now, it's really going to help us instead of, you know, limping in like like some other teams have, you know, so. <clears throat> and with uh with with A and M as well, like this is I guess like a little bit off topic, but still correlates to to A and M. Like I'm not from Texas, never been to Texas, so uh, you guys can attest to this a little more. I heard A and M is in the middle of the, the middle of nowhere. Like no one knows where it is in the middle of nowhere. It's around no cities. Like who the hell? Like, you want to fly into A and M? You got to fly to an airport and then drive two hours to get there. So like, yeah. what? Why, who would even want to go there and, and support that? Yeah, I mean. You hit it. I mean, it's College Station. You drive into College Station, and you know you're in a cult. Like you, right when you enter that town, all it is is A and M, and just driving around campus and everything like that. Like it's setup wise, it's kind of like UT, but it's just so much more country. And you just know it's a cult. I don't. It's it's a weird feeling, but maybe it's just a feeling because we're Texas fans and A and M haters. But whenever you drive into that town, it just feels like you're in a cult and you're a part of this big group now. And so some kids like that, you know, the the more rural kids, you know, and right. you are the biggest show in town. So if you're on the team, you know, and, and they're diehard, I'll give them that. They're the most loyal fans and they, they really are. They don't care if there's, you know, two wins on a season, they're going to, they're going to sell that stadium out. I'll give them that, but uh, it is definitely different and, and with their traditions and stuff. It's uh it's creepy. Uh, Matt, before, before you move on, to Washington here. Uh, I'm surprised you bring this up with Texas's move. They're not going to be on the CBS cameras. They're going to be on the ESPN campus next year. Yeah, that's a little bit tough. I don't know if uh, you guys over at Roundtable have seen, but I'm a big, big fan of the CBS on Saturday, the 3.30 slot. And I was a little sad. I teared up a little bit when when those two guys um, drawn a blank on their name. Obviously, you know, they are the two top guys. But, um, I, you know, I was like, damn, man, like no more SEC at 3.30. It's the jingle. I got like two IPAs in my in my stomach. Like <laughs> I'm feeling good. I got the jingle in the background. Yeah. And I know they're jumping to the Big Ten. So and the Big Ten's getting getting the extra Pac-12 or whatever teams in it as well. So that'll turn into, I'm sure, some electric Saturday games at 3.30. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, like you kind of said, Kate, I think in the beginning, SEC – is the powerhouse of college football. Obviously, with these with these big changes coming to conferences, I don't know if the Big Ten will ever get there. I think it'll probably still say SEC. As long as the coaching is in place as well, right? Saban has such a grasp on that conference and that school just because of who he is and what he's built. Um, so maybe as we see his time come to an end, you know, the landscape completely flips and maybe it does jump up to Big Ten. But it, it will be tough not, not seeing uh, – you know, I, I'm not a big fan of the ESPN cameras. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but uh, are you excited to see some games on ESPN? I would say so. I'm honestly more sad on the fact of Fox. I'm a big, big noon kickoff guy. I love Joel Clad and Gus Edwards. I think they're awesome in their commentary. I, I just, it. I don't, I don't know. I just love hearing them talk and not having any more of those games unless it's like the Texas versus Michigan game next year. Like that's going to be probably the only one that they get. Um, so that's really the big thing that I'm going to miss about not just being strictly ESPN now. I, I can't stand Fox. I'm glad we're off of that. I can't stand them guys. I can't stand, Gus. I can't stand them. Uh, Gus Edwards, it's a Madden 11. Was he on? Legend? Yeah. So, or Gus Johnson. Gus Johnson. Gus Johnson, Gus Johnson yeah. yeah. I can't stand him. 
Well, either way, we're going to have a massive landscape switch next year. And it's honestly going to look completely different, right? Because we have different networks covering different conferences, different teams in different conferences, uh, and uh, a 12-team playoff. So that'll obviously create a, a, a just monstrous new dynamic, which will be good for the game, right? I mean, it'll bring those eyeballs at the end of the year. I mean, I was watching it because I was betting on it, but who the hell was watching the Rutgers-Miami game this afternoon? Because yeah. I'm sure if you didn't have betting implications, you weren't tuning in. Hey, they better have had betting implications. That was our squad ride today. That was our squad ride. But, uh, yeah, go go Scarlet Knights. It was nice to see them get a win and, and pad the bank roll to roll into tomorrow. But, yeah, that's enough of that. I do want to jump into Washington. Obviously, we're talking a lot about Texas, who's a good football team. But Washington's undefeated. And they are, are up there with, with possibly, you could argue, the best team in the country. Um, obviously, however you want to say it, Michael Penix, Michael Penix. I know people pronounce it the wrong way or the right way all the time. I prefer Penix. Sounds a little bit better. So I'll go Michael Penix. 4,200 yards on the year, 33 passing touchdowns, nine interceptions, but only sacked three times. So the Washington offensive line is clearly going to make a difference in this game. He is a Heisman snub because Jaden Daniels on LSU might have thrown for a lot of stats and a lot of yards and this, that, and the third. But this guy's still playing football and means a lot more to his team. They're undefeated, and they're playing for a damn shot at a national title. So I personally think that's a Heisman snub in, in itself. I get it. Daniels can't control the horrific defense that he had. I get that. But at the end of the day, at what point does individual performance – relate to actually the team being good because you can have these individual all-stars but if they're if their team's underperforming or has multiple losses why does it matter and i get it the heisman's an individual award so that'll have a different different opinion there that'll always be there but i don't know i think there was there was a snub aspect especially because this daniel guy was such a favorite i mean like it was like it was absolute lock for him to win so because <laughs> he was so good was, i That's understand why. that but how far off was he from Penix? You're better. <laughs> also, I have to add this because uh, Bo Nix was also in the running, and Michael Penix did beat him two times. Right. Um, I, yeah. I was a fan of Michael Penix. I've been saying it. I It was actually pretty funny. We had this conversation. I was Michael Penix. Big Bull was Jaden Daniels, and Cade was Bo Nix. And I got into it with my brother, okay, guys, because <laughs> I was so mad. Because Bo Nix lost to Michael Penix two times. Yep. So that's yeah, all he, I got to say about that. He also threw the ball like six yards downfield and then let his receivers run for 70 yards every time. <laughs> so he wasn't doing much. Doesn't doesn't translate on the box score that way. So, yeah, I mean, other other than that, we could obviously have a, have a big Heisman debate as well. But for the Saturday of this show and getting to what everybody cares about, and that's the predictions – I want to just say Washington's a good football team. And, and Brian, if you want to bring us through some of these skill p- positions here before we let the round table introduce Texas. Yes. Yeah, so my guy on this team is Dylan Johnson. He's a straight dog. He runs through everybody. He can run faster than everybody. He scores touchdowns. And he was hurt for most of the end of the season. Now he's a month off. Texas's run defense is very good. And we'll get into that in a bit. So that scares me a little bit. But then you have the receivers out there you have Pinnock thrown on the ball this team can beat really anybody in a lot of ways there's a reason they went undefeated and I'm going to leave it at that for now well without further ado let's hear what Texas has 
The Horns over the last couple of years have always been known as a team that has either offense and no defense or defense and offense. And this is kind of the first year in a while that they've kind of played some good football on both sides, especially the defense. Usually Horns pass in the Big 12, the defense, you know, they give up 40, 50 points a game, right? But now with the new regime in third year um, with Sark and PK, the defense has been balling and one of the top defenses in the nation, top defense in, on third downs in the nation. Obviously, Brian talked about it. The run defense is spectacular, right? You got the two big D tackles, probably. I mean, they both graded out as the top D tackles in this whole season in Sweat and Byron Murphy. Sweat's probably going to be first round. Murphy probably fall to the day two just because of his size, but I mean, that's the defense, right? You got Jalen Ford. You got stars all over the defense. The secondary going into this game is a little dwindled down when it comes to the safety position. So that is one scary piece, obviously, with how Michael Penix can throw the ball. Uh, but the corners have been playing really good. They're all very young, love to play press and get up on you. And obviously, the offense speaks for itself, right? You got Quinn Ewers missed a couple games, but still threw for just over 3,100 yards. 21 touchdowns, I think five or six picks on the year. Missed two games, though, so those could be a lot more higher if he did stay healthy. Then the run game, obviously, has been big to start the year. Was Jonathan Brooks. We all know what happened there. Probably should have won the Dokic Award. I hate how they treat dudes when they get hurt and they don't let these guys still win the awards because he is better than Ollie Gordon. But besides that, it's kind of turned into a three-back stable horse um, with – Jaden Blue, Cedric Baxter, the freshman stud who's been there all year, and then Keely Robinson, the old Alabama guy. All kind of three different pace backs, and Sark's been dialing it up for him. Yeah, and after Jonathan Brooks got hurt, to me, Sark trusted in Quinn more, and it's opened up the offense. It's opened up the playbook, and I really think for Texas to be able to win this game, it's going to be on Quinn, and, and Quinn has to have a game. And he's, he comes in clutch in big games, man. And really think that after, you know, the Jay Brooks got hurt, he just said, all right, I'm, I'm trusting in Quinn. And Quinn has produced since that. And, and if they can come out anything like they did against Oklahoma State, um, I know it's a better defense in Washington, trust me. But Washington still gives up a lot of yards passing. Quinn can capitalize on that with the three receivers, and the tight end, I don't think Washington's seen an offense like UT has as far as the weapons. I, I really do. I think, to me, Oregon was overrated all year. I, I don't trust in them, really. And I do believe, I, I mean, I know USC and I know Utah, but uh, I, I do believe that these weapons that UT has, they're going to surprise them on that. Well, USC, if you, I mean, USC, they were a bunch of frauds in themselves, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, they completely floundered out. And then I think Utah as well, their offense was pretty abysmal, and they, they just relied on that defense. But I think you're underselling Oregon slightly there. I think Oregon was pretty solid the whole year, especially on, on the offensive side of the ball. And we saw them obviously go off against Washington and still didn't get the job done, so – Oregon definitely was a solid team, but I think that really just goes back the whole Bo Nix thing. If if Nix was involved in that Heisman race, I don't know how Phoenix is just like completely snubbed off. But I mean, obviously going to be an electric Final Four, right? Whichever way we put it, I still think these are the matchups. I think Texas, they, you're right, they were dominant down the stretch. They had the miss up 
in the Red River rivalry against OU. And that was about it, right? I mean, they took care of business against Alabama, who's also in the final now. And they really geared it up and turned it up down the stretch. I think you said big boy with uh, Ewers. He really looked electric down the stretch. The, the decision-making, to me, is what's going to make the difference in this game. So you're going to be able to read the defense. You're going to be able to read what they throw at them. I think if they start throwing some some crazy combinations at them, some, some fake blitzing or bringing the house, if they get him off his game a little bit and he can't make the quick reads, I think they could get into some trouble there. But, Kate, I think you also mentioned it with, with the three-headed running back room, right? They're going to be able to change the pace all game long. Washington isn't going to know what to expect. I expect, you know, I could see Texas going in there and having the one one running back on the left and one on the right, and you have no idea what's coming at you. It's obviously playmakers on that offensive line. They're obviously able to convert over into a three-headed horse in the backfield. The, the O-line is playing well. So I think it's going to be a shootout, right? I mean, there's going to be a lot of points one way or the other. Is it going to be a Texas blowout? Is it going to be a Washington blowout? Is it going to be just an, a high-scoring game by a touchdown or a point? That's to be seen. But, I mean, without further ado, I think we got to jump into some uh, predictions here. I think we can kind of tell on which way everybody's going to roll, but we obviously still want to get in to see who who we think's winning and by how much have we got some score predictions. But before we get into the game that we're here to talk about, we obviously got to address Harbaugh versus Saban, Michigan versus Alabama. I'll, I'll jump it over to you guys at the round table. Who's, who's winning the uh, almighty uh, head coaching battle? Yeah, I like Michigan. I think Michigan is going to beat them, and I think they're going to cover the spread too. And so I do like the under also on that. I think it's going to be a tough game, but I do think Corum is going to have a game, and I think they're going to run the ball on Alabama. I'm going to I'm going to go with Michigan as well. I think Michigan run the runs the ball better. I'm a big believer in whoever runs the ball better in the game has the edge. Even though I've been 50-50 on this game for a while. Because you also have to look at the other side of it. Nick Saban's been there. He's done that. So you can't ignore that. You can't ignore that he he knows what he's doing. I mean, right. he's going to go down to be the greatest college coach of all time, in my opinion. So you, you can't ignore that. But I also think that Michigan's O-line and their running game are going to get him going. So I'm going to go Michigan. I'm going to have to go with Bama and Nick Saban. I, I just think – they're rolling the offense. They got it down. They know what they're doing. The defense will step up. The only thing, obviously, that's scary is that old line from Bama going up against Michigan's defense. But I just don't. I personally think that I have not seen enough proof from Michigan's offense from the passing standpoint. If Bama can go in and stop that run early in the game, I think it's going to be interesting. If you have to see uh, JJ McCarthy throw thirty pass attempts to try to win the game at the end of the day, so. Well, it is definitely going to be an interesting battle. And I think what people are, are kind of blinded by because, you know, the, these semifinals are going to be huge. But if Bama wins and Texas wins, how the hell is UT yes. beating Bama twice in one year? It's going to yeah. be tough. It, it may be the most watched college football game of all time. It's going to be tough. And it is yeah. one I love to watch and one hopefully we will attend if that does happen <laughs> since it is in Houston this year. So. Yeah, man, close by. I think, uh, Brian, you want to you jump in on, on that potential national title? Because I think we've been so, you know, locked in on, on Washington winning it. Obviously, you guys are big UT. Look, if it's Bama, Texas for the national title, is Saban losing twice in one year to the same team for the title? I, I mean, that, that's a crazy headline. Against his own Listen, team. it's hard to beat him once. 
it's pretty much impossible to beat him twice. Right. So. If he gets there, he's not going to. But for the love of all things college football, John Harbaugh, J.J. McCarthy, look at me right now. I know you watch. Do not lose to Nick Saban and this Alabama team. Please, if it gets to fourth and 31, just rush everybody. Do not – just learn from your mistakes. Learn from Auburn's mistakes. Do not let Saban back because if he gets back, he's going to win. And so many teams have fucking let him – Michigan. Michigan money line is the bet. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't hate I don't hate the Michigan play, right? I think people just look at Saban and they're like, I gotta go, I gotta go Alabama. But Michigan could be a sneaky play, and they're obviously undefeated and there for a reason. They beat Penn State, they beat Ohio State, checked all the boxes to to earn that top spot and Alabama or next test in their way. I think, you know, you guys might have sold me there on the little uh Michigan play. But again, you can never count out Saban. It's been there. It's been, to, you know, he's basically can put the college football playoff that it's been since 2013 or whatever, and then put Saban's head next to it because he's either, you know, won it or been involved in it uh, for pretty much its entire existence. Let's just get into the predictions. Who's winning the big one? Washington, Texas. I'll start with you guys over the sports roundtable. Let's hear who you got. Maybe a final score in there, or 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 if you don't you don't want to throw out a final score, just how much does the team win by? Is it a blowout, close game? What do you got? I have been waiting a long time for this game, man. Uh, I've been it's been crazy. Okay, it's here. I'm gonna, pull, I'm gonna point out something real quick. Okay. I'm going to say a key for the Tech. – I'm a defensive guy, okay? I'm going to say a key for the Texas defense, and then that's going to lead me to my prediction, okay? Texas needs to play man coverage, head-to-head, bump and run, okay? You cannot let Penix just sit back there and tear you apart because he will. You mentioned it. Another big thing, it's the best offensive line in the nation who got voted for, by the way, in Washington versus the two dogs on the Texas D-line, Okay. They got to disrupt the pass, get pressure on Penix, and it's going to happen, okay? They're going to stop the run. They've stopped the run this whole time. So I I don't know if y'all think that, but I'm just telling you right now that Texas is going to stop the run. So with that being said, I'm going to go – Texas hasn't scored under 30, so I'm going to go Texas 35, Washington 28. That's Coops. I'm going to look at it. I think – with Washington's power offense, everyone's looking at it like that. Washington's offense versus Texas defense. Texas's offense isn't too far off from Washington when it comes to the skill players. And I think if Texas can get tempo on offense and keep Washington's defense off edge, which if past games this year, they've struggled with teams who run tempo when they're trying to exchange players out, get play calls, and they struggle. So if Texas can keep the tempo up, I got 38-28. I got 38-28 Texas. I think it's going to be high scoring, kind of like these. I think it's going to be 30, Texas 38, Washington 35. If you can get the four points and Washington take that, and Texas will still win, but you know, you'll get your money back. So <laughs> there you go. I think the over is a lock, personally. I, I think, yeah, I mean, I, you know, everyone and their mom should be on the over. This yeah. game screams over. And but, then um, usually that's when it goes. It's going to be 17 12. <laughs> right. 17 13 in the yeah, in a defensive yeah. dogfight, which wouldn't be fun and, and not not what anybody is, is looking for. I mean, look, Texas, this is their time to shine for the first time in how many years? A lot of years. We can say that. Do you think? Coming down to crunch time in the game, third quarter, going into the fourth quarter as we roll along. Like, 
is there is there a choking element involved like will it get to their head like that it's been so long and they know the entire texas community's behind them and they know what's at stake and i get it washington hasn't been there right so there there can be that whole element too but like I feel like the you know is Texas a team where where it might just get in their head a little bit. I honestly think the Oklahoma loss was the biggest game for them this year because they got that adversity right. They bounced back and played the, re- the best ball they did after that game. And not only did they lose that game, but they were also beating Oklahoma with a minute left in the game and blew it right. So they've learned from that. They've had a bunch of other close games, just like Washington has this year, one score games where they win at the last minute. So I think there's been enough of those games to where Texas is just ready to go and they know what they have to do and they have that championship mindset since that Oklahoma loss, and I don't think it's going to change. I'm going to piggyback on that. I'm going to say I'm a diehard Texas fan, and I'm 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 not scared to admit it. Texas has a tendency to play down to their opponent, down to the level of their opponent, and up to their opponent. I think they're going to come out and play to the level of their opponent, which Washington is a good team. So – I, I don't think so. I think they're good this year. Yeah, that's uh, that's good stuff there. I just wanted to see uh, what y'all's been t- take on that was because, like you know, like I said, it's 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 been a long time coming, right? I mean, those countless seasons in the, in the mid 2010s, and you know, your guys' time is finally here. In the past, well, I would definitely agree with you. I'm a very critical Texas fan, and I do believe they've kind of got over that hurdle. But you're you're 100 right. I mean, that's what Texas was doing. They did it last year too. And this year, I, I see a different team. Like they don't fold under pressure; they they let them hang, so to say. So. And yeah, as an outsider, like kind of you know looking at it from the sideline, it does feel like they got that different team, right? And years pass, they probably choked that game out against Alabama somehow. Instead, they got the job done. So I think that bodes well uh, for them, uh, especially being in Alabama, right? That's a tough thing to do. So. Definitely, uh, you know, you guys almost make me want to cash my uh, cash my bet out and root for Texas. But, you know, I don't cash out. So, unfortunately, I got to root for the Huskies. But if Texas wins, I won't be that mad because you guys do got an electric squad. So, I'll leave it at that. In terms of our predictions, uh, I got Washington, right? I got the future. Uh, I, you know, I think it's a pretty even matchup. And I think, I think Penix is probably the better quarterback than Ewers. I know you don't want to hear that. But that's my opinion. I think he's going to be a little bit better. And I think those skilled players are going to be a little bit better just to get the job done. Um, I think they're going to be able to expose the middle of the field and, and get and just get that high-powered West Coast offense moving and grooving and get guys open all over the place. And I think it's going to come down to the turnover battle, right? And I think I trust Penix to not turn the ball over but I think I can trust Ewers to turn the ball over, if that makes sense. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it. I see Washington winning this like 38-33, uh, definitely high scoring. I'm going to stay on the high scoring side. And uh, I'll jump over to you, Brian, to see kind of what your take is. I think we all kind of know where you're going to go on this. And then if you guys kind of want to want to go back and forth on that, we can. So, yeah, a few years ago, a quarterback by the name of Sam Ellinger proclaimed Texas was back. They were not back. Now, some people believe Texas is back this year. And maybe maybe you could say they are since they made the college football playoff. But dynasties fall and dynasties fall again. And Washington is on the up end of their dynasty. There was a guy back in olden times named Julius Caesar. He led an empire called the Roman 
Empire, and of course, Rome. Washington has a receiver that led the FBS in receiving named Rome Adunze. The last time I picked a player to score three touchdowns on this show, it almost almost hit, but it failed miserably. This time, it's hitting. Rome is getting in the end zone three times. Washington is winning the football game 42-21. to 21. Wow, blowout fashion. You think, <laughs> I mean, I look, guys, again, I know huge Texas fans over there, but I think I see Washington blowing out Texas before I see Texas blowing out Washington. And for your guys' sake, I hope I'm drastically and terribly wrong. But that's just the way I see it. You guys have any closing remarks on, you know, you can tell us to fuck off and why, uh, you know, Texas will be overcome those uh, hurdles. I will say that was a very cute uh, poem. That was. That a was, nice, very short that poem. Really that's, that's very uh, author-like. And, I mean, that should, be, that should win an award itself. But good thing uh, it's not the Washington players saying that because at the end of the day it's going to be, I think, who's going to be toughest at the line of scrimmage. And Washington hasn't faced a – line of scrimmage like texas has i mean you can say oregon kind of has it like that but at the end of the day the defense all around for texas is different and i think it's going to come down to that and just remember when sam said that it was after they beat georgia in the sugar bowl in the sugar bowl so just they they were back for that day now i'll that give day. you all the shit that they got but they were back <laughs> for that day you know yeah, you guys are lucky I didn't sing. I've I've been known to sing on this show. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The singing to a minimum is is better off for everybody. So we're glad Brian didn't pull that out. But yeah, I mean, obviously electric show. And the only thing that's left is for the boys to go out there and play the dang football game, right? I mean, that's kind of what it's at. We're at the weekend. Uh, it's New Year's weekend. It's you know, I think you said Coop, you've been waiting for it for a long time for this one. Well, the time's finally here. The weekend's here. It's New Year's, and we got two national semifinal games. And for you guys, you know, this is your NFL Super Bowl, right? I mean, this is what you guys have been waiting for for so long. And, uh, you know, obviously breathe it in, take it in. Like my Philadelphia Eagles last year choking the Super Bowl, I don't know when the hell we're getting another shot. So it doesn't come often. So enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it. And, uh, you know, may the better team win. Let's just hope, I pray, we don't get a ref show and the refs dictate the outcome. That would be the last thing that anybody wants to see. But other than that, make sure everybody checks out, uh, you know, the rest of the Bull Miss content we have. Check out the Sports Roundtable uh, trio. We will drop a couple of their links in our description so you guys can head over there and check out all the great content they have. If you like the UT, ta- uh, the UT talk, the content, the commentary, the conversation, definitely check them out because they're going to have everything you need to know regarding Texas football. And maybe you guys will probably roll into Texas basketball because I'm pretty sure they have oh, yeah. a pretty solid program too. They're pretty good this too. year. They're a damn good team this year too. So uh, when when football kind of kind of comes and goes here, uh, we will uh, uh, definitely be tuned in for some college hoops, uh, especially with Texas. I don't know if you guys have seen we're we're pretty big college basketball guys over here. So. Uh, Definitely going to be uh, interested to see what you got on Texas because if they're a wagon, uh, I'd love to hear about it. So other than that, I just got to say thanks for being on, guys. I mean, I know y'all have been busy. It's been uh, it's been a tough, tough, uh, tough coordinating people uh, getting on and off with, with a lot of the guests we had. So we appreciate you guys taking the time to hop on here. Best of luck with everything you guys are doing. And uh, like I want, I just want to say thanks, man. Appreciate it a lot. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate y'all having us on. 
tune in. We got an episode coming out tomorrow morning. We got some special guests who are down in New Orleans right now. They're going to be talking this Texas matchup with a little bit more intel than what we have. Um, so tune into that if you want to listen to that. But we appreciate y'all having us on. Damn, Coleman's winning the Heisman next year. <laughs>